So we were talking earlier, Matt, and you were telling me that you were a big fan of what the Unity company is doing right now and uh, that you're a big supporter of their CEO. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like what they're doing because I just enjoy when companies try to uh, destroy themselves. It's just, it's fascinating. <laughs> uh, hey guys, welcome to the Level With Me podcast. I'm Level Cab. This is Matimio. Today, as you might guess, we are going to be talking about Unity quite a bit and some other things going on in the gaming scene. If you'd like to support our Patreon, our podcast, you can go to our Patreon, which is linked in the description of the podcast, wherever you are watching or listening to it. Any and all support is very much appreciated. And this has been quite a week for gaming. I mean, it feels yeah. like it's always a week for gaming, but it's just something this about was... 2023, man. There's there's some weeks. Yeah, this one was quite wild. So, uh, so tell me, what do you like so much about what Unity's doing over there with their <laughs> corporate, their business model? Uh, well, I like the fact that they, over the years, they were fostering a platform, a gaming platform for their engine so that people could make fantastic games. And then they decided that they wanted more money and they uh, came out with a policy where for downloading a game, uh, the developers and or publishers, I don't know how it would really work, uh, would be charged for said download. It was like 20 cents and they just wanted to see their own company burn. And boy, it's burning. There's a lot of smoke. This has got to go down as one of the worst managerial calls in like, I mean, this is like on par with like, let's launch SimCity type thing, you know, from yeah. EA. Before it was ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's such a bad take. And I I dove into it today, like really got into the details and there's employees that have quit because of this. And they've come forward saying now that these issues were kind of run past them or at least made aware to a lot of employees. And they were all like, no, 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 no. This is going to explode in your face. And then the higher ups were like, okay, we'll talk more about this. And then they just made the announcement and that came out of the blue for like half of the company. And yeah, I'd be upset if I was an employee too, because unity has been around for a long time. I think the early, like 2004 or something like that. I've even used it, it to make a game, Matt. Yeah. I made a game with Unity like forever wow. ago. I had no idea you were a game dev. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> So if you're if you're up to date on it, could you give a quick overview of like everything that's happened? Because it's there's a lot, and I'm not I don't think I'm as well versed as you are. Yeah. So for anyone completely unaware of what's happening, Unity is a very popular game engine. And it's been around for a long time. Lots of indie developers and even AAA developers use Unity. Uh, Escape from Tarkov was made with Unity. Pokemon Go was made from, with Unity. There's huge Tons of mobile games. games. Yeah, lots of games that you're probably playing or have played in the last several months are on Unity. And it's an impressive engine. They've done a lot with it. The company's huge. Over yep. 5,000 employees right now. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I didn't know it was that big. Wow. Yeah, no, it's mega, right? Like, they make a lot of money off of it. And so Unity makes their money by charging developers. I believe it's, right now, they have different, like, subscription tiers to use their engine where you get different levels of support. And then beyond that, after you make a certain amount of money, I believe you also give some kickback to 
the Unity company as well, which is similar to how Unreal does things as well. Right. If you Epic, yeah. make over a million dollars using the Unreal Engine, you, you do a little bit of a kickback. So on the 12th, I believe, last week, they made an announcement that they were going to start charging their developers up to 15 cents per install of the game copy which seems so insane to me i'm like out of all ways to monetize something you're like looking at install numbers <laughs> it's so ridiculous it's such a ridiculous metric to try yeah. and to try and follow and obviously it's had a huge backlash because there's massive problems with the idea of monetizing installs not to mention this will be it won't be retroactive in that they won't look at the amount of installs that somebody's done in the past and then send you a bill for it but God, can you it, imagine i can it seems like on the level of stupidity that they're doing yeah, it, right it does. now yeah it absolutely does but what they're gonna do is say if you are a dev and you made a really cool free-to-play game that you launched two years ago and it's it's huge. Maybe you get like uh, ten thousand or a hundred thousand or a million downloads a month because it's free to play, right? And it's on right. your People phone. People are constantly and going in and downloading on different platforms, and yeah, yeah, super popular. Well, once this effect goes into place, you will now have to pay for those installs <clears throat> that people do. And if your financial model wasn't built to take that into account, you could be screwed. And there's a lot of people who make 100% free games that don't have any sort of microtransaction economy that just do it for fun or they're a part of a nonprofit or whatever that are like, this is gonna screw us over big time, especially if we make popular stuff. It could, their bills could be like thousands and thousands of dollars a month for the amount of downloads and installs. And then other people pointed out how this could be used as a troll mechanic Yep. where say some game comes out and we go oh we don't like this game everybody download it and install it like a billion times and just use these... a script where it just constantly downloads yeah 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 hackers could i mean can you imagine like a ddos attack wasn't bad enough on like game servers but now they can take it to the next level and charge people so this has been evolving, an, an evolving situation over the last week because it exploded bigger than I've seen any game story explode in a long time. It was it was massive. I mean, game studios were coming out and were like, "You screwed up!" Like, yeah, they were. It was pretty wild how many came out uh, in opposition. And when you know, when you know, like when you know a, when a developer starts swearing in their in their like message uh, that they they may have messed up. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Every dev seems to be against it. Um, I spoke to a personal friend of mine who's published a game in Unity and is now working on the sequel to that game. And it's been a successful project. And I was like, how is this affecting you? And they were like, well, we're probably not going to have to pay too much because we have a, a, a set fee for our game download. And it's not like a hugely popular game. So we're probably not going to owe too much. But the fact that they're implementing monetary practices that will retroactively affect a game that they've already published mm -hmm. is alarming to them. And they now have to look at Unity as a company that is unpredictable and is going to do these crazy things that may screw them over really horribly down the road. And it's something that I think all indie devs now have to take into account where they go, oh my gosh, like... We're making a game built on this financial model that we think 
will be the same when we launch the game, but it could not be, or it could change a month after we launch the game, or it could change at any point. And it feels like we don't have any way to deal with that. And people were even talking about the legality of it too, because it's sort of a weird legal situation, right? No, most other situations you sign up for a contract or you make a contract with somebody and that's the rules and that's how it's going to go until the end of your contract. But with a game service like this, they're sort of they can free change to whenever use. They want. Yeah. They're free to yeah. use. And I don't think people really sign up these, they might sign some sort of end user license agreement type thing. So when how they start do they get their, it. so normally before this nonsense, how did unity get their money? Was it percentage of sales? Was it, um, I think it was so a combination. I, I was trying to look into it and to be honest, their tiered system is a bit confusing. I was reading through their website okay. and they have a couple different tiers and some of them like the, the executive branch tier or the super high end corporate, uh, tier, you pay a certain amount of money per year for a seat. So I think it means that if you needed multiple developers to be able to use the Unity license, you might need to pay multiple versions of that fee or something like that. But okay. there's also a free version for hobbyists or personal use. Do they, so if, if, if the game sells, do they get like a percentage of the sale? Yeah, so the free version is like you don't pay anything until the game makes over like a hundred grand or something like that, uh -huh. and then you have to start. But paying. they are making money off of it, so that's that's the the, the whole thing is is it seems yeah, like they're, they're already targeting... making money. They're making enough right. money to have a studio of five thousand plus people. Well, um, the thing is, it seems like they're going after mobile games, free or just free games in general. They want. So it's because I was That's imagining would make most of their money from right. this update. Tons of toward, downloads. Yeah. Tons and tons of downloads. Yeah. But mobile they games still must have be like making hundred million of, downloads like in a right. in like, yeah. And no an time. absolutely insane amount. And so it might just be greed. They just, they're like, this would be, we see the numbers. If we can monetize those downloads, uh, then we're going to be making bank, but they have to still be making money off of those free to play games because through microtransactions. I'm, I'm assuming they get they get some of that microtransaction money or every game would be free to play, I feel, when they're using that engine. Yeah. So, then the, they could just so the, so the microtransaction money would be calculated in the in the revenue that your game generates, right? right. So that's what I assumed. Right. So, so they just basically regardless of your revenue okay. model, like if you're selling the game for fifty dollars or if it's free and you and people are buying cosmetics in game, that's all just calculated towards your profit. And they take a percentage right. of your profit after a certain point. Right. And this is just like how can we nickel and dime people even further? And it's super predatory. Literally nickel and diming. <laughs> it, yeah, it is literally nickel and diming people. Yeah. But if you go, hmm, this mobile game has a hundred million downloads in the last three months, uh, all of a sudden that nickel and diming turns into a fat paycheck. A lot of money. Huge amount of money. And especially if that's a free-to-play game, think about all the free-to-play games where you're like, maybe 5% of the player base. You can is, destroy free-to-play games. Yeah. It, Absolutely. It could destroy a huge portion of the market and to, to like sweeten this story even further. So the CEO of oh, Unity, yeah, the CEO of Unity is the ex-CEO of EA, which is super cool. Everybody loved him while he was running EA. He actually uh, resigned because the company was performing so poorly under his leadership. 
Um, then somehow got promoted to Unity because whatever. I don't know. You know, that's how that works. There's only like 30 CEOs apparently, and they're like, well, beggars, beggars can't be choosers, you know? We gotta find anyone else. So they they bring him on to Unity, and him and like a whole bunch of other executives have been selling off tons of their stock like prior to this announcement. So So, did they know it was gonna be a bad idea? I don't why would they sell the it seems stock of weird. the company? It seems That's wild strange. that they wouldn't know that it was going to be a bad idea. At the same time, why would they have said it if they knew it was going to be a bad idea, right? Right. Yeah. So unless, unless the deal was like, hey guys, we're going to announce this terrible thing. Stock is going to go through, is going to crash hard. Sell all your stuff and buy back in and then we'll... We'll come full circle and say that we're not going to do it, and then you'll get in at a lower I mean, we're price. Starting to, we're starting to dip our toes into conspiracy theories a little well, bit. Well, that would just there, be insider trading, but it would be a little hunters. That would be, yeah, yeah. People are already saying they should start. They should open an investigation, but I mean, I don't the know. The fact that they uh, sold it right before. I don't is know if it was right telling. before. I think it was. Def- it was this year and leading up to it. So I, okay. I didn't look into like, did they sell it the week before or? Were they selling it in the months leading up to it? But regardless, if you're running the company and you know that you're going to make this announcement at some point down the year, you can start selling in chunks on your way toward this. To make it seem less, yeah. Yeah. But also selling your own like stocks for your own company feels like you don't trust your own company a little bit. But Yeah, or you need the money for something, you know, and that's yeah, what I guess the that's investigation true. would sort of determine be like did you actually need the money for a specific thing or is this tied into you knowing that you were going to tank the share value or whatever but i mostly feel bad for the people who work at the company who have been working their butts off to make a great engine because unity is a very good engine it's a very competent it's one of the easiest to learn game dev engines out there so if you're like starting off and you're like, I want to make my first game. Chances are Unity is going to be, or at least would have been, one of the top picks on your list. Because it's yep. it's supposed to be easier to learn than Unreal. And I'm speaking as somebody who doesn't use either engine to make video games. But I have used Unity in the past. And I did make a game with my friends. So we figured it out, right? And so that sucks. And if you can, if you can figure yeah. it out, anyone can figure yeah. it out. So it really sucks for indie devs and it sucks for all the, the thousands of people working at the company who, you know, if the company does bad, they're going to get fired, right? And if the company does bad because of this terrible CEO's decision that they all said was a bad idea, well, they're not bearing the brunt of that or they are bearing the brunt of that. The CEO is not. So he's like, well, my bad guys. Yeah, uh, my bad. And yeah. even if you fire me, I'm getting a golden parachute later, nerds. Oof. It's, it's got to be nice being a CEO. Like you just make money and you just make money. Well, lots also of, they of money. give you huge shares of the company, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, wonder what, I wonder what the qualifications are to be a CEO. Like what do they actually do that makes them, you know, millions and millions every year? I think you have to be a little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> I can do that. I there, I swear there was a study like a while back on the percentage of CEOs that were like actually like that they thought Detached, were sociopath yeah, or like yeah, yeah just didn't express certain <laughs> certain emotional ranges. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, yeah, now they have they have come out and said that they ha- they are listening to everyone's concerns. There was a statement and that they apologize for the angst that they uh, that was caused. such a weird, a weird phrase. Weird, 
And I'd like to think that they were just, you know, in the spur of the moment, they're typing this out and angst, but it comes across very condescending, like all of those angsty gamers just so upset over nothing, so angsty. This is the internet. You give them any little thing to complain about and they'll blow up. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that means that they're going to be reverting it back to what it was before and that they're not going to be going through with it. But it doesn't matter. Like the damage is done. And I think that a company's image is important. Mm -hmm. And while people do forget, it, the ones that won't forget are developers because they're the ones making the platform. Gamers might forget about this story, but the people that want to make games when they see this company is unstable and at, on a whim could completely change the financial structure of you know the, the entire system, that that could be really detrimental to the long-term success of Unity. Yeah, I mean, what if they said, uh, guess what? It's a dollar for install fees. Yeah, like, just out of nowhere. It's like, bam, what are you going to do? do about could it? Could devs do anything against it? D-list uh, their games. There was an article that came out this morning that basically, well, I don't know if it was a leak, but employees from the company say said that there was internal emails going around saying that they were going to walk back parts of this, but not completely. Mm -hmm. and even mm -hmm. like not even doing a full even doing a full uh reversion to to getting rid of this whole announcement and saying this is not going to be part of unity anymore that would still end up with a very damaged image but doing a partial walk back after all of this is like what are you guys doing like you've right. got the unreal engine is like extremely stiff competition that's all that's basically a better deal now for most people to use and you've got free completely open source free engines that you can also use and unity's like let's just stack on the price and the cost and the uncertainty of using our platform you think anybody who's about to start a game project right now is going to pick unity like no. absolutely not no right? not at all yeah so they'll make some money off of the people who are already tied into it or the poor bastards who are like years into development under unity and just have to publish with unity because there's no there's it makes no sense to change engines at this point but well some even have committed to it the people that made slay the spire who are two years in development on unity said that they are switching over to unreal now wow two, two years of development and while it probably won't take as long because they have you know, they've got the infrastructure in place. They can they they, they kind of know how their game is being developed. So it probably won't take as long. But still, that is a that's huge. So they're working on Slay the Spire 2 and they're I'm not sure what game they're, they're working okay, on. Next, a different game. Whatever, whatever it is, it's been two years in development, which is a significant amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're switching. Sorry. Later, nerds. That is huge. That's pretty yeah. monumental. I mean, of course, you've got like assets and stuff built. But assets are assets. Rebuilding everything within a new engine is it's not not it's a lot of work. Like yeah. it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna be months and months of time. And retraining devs, that's the other part that like, oh man, that hurts my soul because there's people if you go on to like a website like Indeed or like a job finding website and you're looking for game devs, mm -hmm. you will find people that have like 10 years Unity engine experience 15 years unity dev experience and it's more common usually with unity than unreal because unity 
built itself up much quicker and much more popularly than Unreal in terms of the indie dev scene. And then only recently has Unreal become much more accessible to the bigger audience. And they've sort of taken a page out of Unity's book and been like, oh man, we can make this this engine free for everybody and kind of copy their financial model. And so Unreal's kind of catching up to speed, but there's so many veteran Unity devs that are going to be like, boy, that 10 to 15 years of skill all of a sudden becomes worth a lot less than it used to be. And that that's freaky. That I hope the company has the tools in place to oust some of these executives and CEOs that are clearly just in it for the the bottom line and don't care. Because I mean, this guy was a CEO of Sarah Lee, you know, before he got into the game industry. It's not like these people are like, gaming is my passion and that's why I ended up here. They're just these executives just, that... He's apparently bouncing from company to company at this point. Yeah, I mean, Grant, I'll give him credit. He's been at EA. He was at EA for a long time. I think from like... 97 to like 2004 and then he went off somewhere else (laughs) and then he came back from like 2007 to 2014 so Uh he had quite a bit of experience in ea as a ceo but he certainly didn't start out there and i don't think he's bringing any of his gaming knowledge and expertise to running the company you know it's all just dealing well, so, dollars we're also and stuff. speculating we don't really know for sure but it's true this is a lot of speculation but i would imagine that he's not hyper tuned into the game scene in that sense because why would you make this decision why would Every- you think install would just be a good idea to monetize just the install of it it's such a weird it's, it's angle madness. you know like <laughs> if you're gonna increase the price because you're greedy you just increase the the current revenue model right yeah after you make a certain amount of money beyond a certain point, then we get a little bit more. But this does seem very targeted at those free-to-play or yeah. extremely low-cost mobile games and apps and stuff. I'm 100% convinced they saw the downloads, like the uh, the amount of downloads for free-to-play games and salivated at the yeah. potential numbers. They, they, they saw those huge numbers and like, we need a piece of that. Yeah, it's it's disappointing man and i i hope they walk back as much of this as possible but we'll see what i'm very curious to see what the next two to three months look like because there's been a lot of talk of like mass employees quitting granted it's very hard to quit in yeah this climate and i wouldn't wish that on anybody right i would never shame anybody into like uh, for sticking with a company that they don't like anymore because n- most people don't have the luxury of choice yeah, it's right? like oh you're working for that company how dare it's like i have bills to pay like what do you for want sure. from me yeah. you know but the you know some employees have quit already and so i've heard yeah and talked about it openly and and then i'm curious to see because unity will know m- sooner than anybody else how many more devs are signing up to use their engine right if that number just drops off a cliff they'll be like hmm did we screw up here did we make a big mistake especially in the in the face of unreal competing at such a high level this year unreal has been like a unity by the way we're like an incredible game engine same price for the most part and you get access We've to done all a lot these... to make it easier for newer for new users to get involved yeah yeah and now 
the unreal being an unreal engine dev seems like it's worth a little bit more than an unreal or than a unity engine dev they're even starting they're they're even starting to get try to get kids to get used to unreal with their whole like fortnite uh editor and stuff to get people comfortable with using the mm -hmm. unreal engine it's brilliant actually i think that's one of the smartest projects they've undertaken because it's it's sort of a let's let's go after the Roblox market and also let's just create tools for young people to learn how to make video games because yep. I wish I had that when I was a kid. I would have been oh, all absolutely. over it. And you I'm know? guaranteed there's probably going to be, I don't know if we're going to get another Dota, but I'd imagine we could get another Dota. That, that came from from just modding uh, a game, you know, Try, trying something Warcraft new. Warcraft 3, right? Yep. Uh, was, yeah, it was Warcraft, yeah. Yeah, yep. Warcraft. Yeah, all those fun game mods, that is where all the cool stuff comes from. And yeah, I bet you something's going to come out of Fortnite. Some sort of like runaway hit within the Fortnite editor. What is their editor called? Do you remember? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I don't it's know. been a little while since I jumped into it. But it is very impressive because you're like, yeah, this is the Unreal Engine showing off everything it can do and super this is accessible. It's a more streamlined version of it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to keep my eyes and ears Same. Know, out for what's going on with Unity. It's, it's pretty crazy stuff, man. But uh, great for Epic, I guess. <laughs> Not that they need <laughs> yeah, every, every other Every other engine company is just like, yeah. 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 Well, there, there is an open source one that I want to read into more called Godot or... Good. There's like a billion different ways to pronounce this and nobody Godow. can agree. Yeah. I think, I think it's Gal Gadow. <laughs> Gal Gadow. Uh even they have clips of the CEO of the of the engine of this company not knowing the right way to pronounce the name of it. So we'll just call it Godot. Okay. I think it's G-O-D-O-T. Don't don't worry about it. Don't okay. worry about it. But it's open source. It's free. I think there's like some limitations in the licensing, but I think for the most part you can make a game with it and publish it for free. So that's kind of exciting because like right now we're using open source free software, OBS, to make this podcast. Yep. And it's it's the best in the industry right now. Everyone uses it. Everybody uses it. It's well supported. And if they could do that with a game engine, that'd be dope. Because that's the other thing that freaks people out is okay, well, what if we jump from Unity to Unreal? We trust Epic. Okay, until the next CEO comes in <laughs> and is yep. like, hmm, I need to get those numbers up. Let's start charging for installs because At you don't have time, any though, protection under some it. Faith. You have to have some faith in the system that they're not going to completely just, you know, ruin their company by being greedy. But yeah, they, they, they could happen for, for Epic too. Yeah. Well, it's a dictatorship, right? It's like, that's how companies are run. You've got the person at the top making all the calls and everybody at, below them just has to go along with it, even if it's a terrible decision. So yep. if you get a bad dictator in running the company at one point in time, all of a sudden things could be real bad for a while. For So you're, you're putting a huge amount of your faith in, boy, I hope Epic is a good company in five years from now when our game is about ready to publish, right? Yeah. So. Speaking of money, transition here. Yeah. Uh, have you have have you noticed the recent trend in 2023? And it happened a little bit before too, of every game having a early access paid deluxe uh, edition to you play think, the game. Yeah. Early. Is that recent? I feel like that's been happening for like the past three, four years, pretty consistently. Cons really? 
Well, this this consistently. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Every game. So this year even the like, like indie stuff game. is getting crazy. It's early access. You get it four days. I just paid played payday three today. Uh-huh. And that was because I have the gold edition, you yep. know, that gets you yep. in three days early. And of course it costs a little bit more. It's um it's aggressive and it's not going to stop until people stop paying for it. So I don't know what don't the solution it, is there. Even if people stop paying yeah. for it, I think it's just now going to be a bonus. I think I, even if even if it like it starts to dip, you know, and people are like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. But especially with Game Pass, they're trying. I think they're because of Game Pass, they're trying to get more people to buy the full version, and this is their way to do that. It's like, oh, you could just get it on Game Pass. So like Lies of P, great game, been playing it a lot. Uh, it was it's on Game Pass, but if you wanted it three days early, seventy dollars. So give us give us your money if you if you can't wait to play it now. I don't yeah. like it. I I'm as a as a content creator, I mm-hmm. find it super annoying because we are almost forced to pay it this feels extra like a, fee. It feels like a streamer tax. <laughs> totally, dude. Because if I was just gaming. And I wasn't worried about making YouTube videos. I'd be like, no, of course I'm going to get it yeah, on Game gonna, Pass. Why exactly, would I? Right. Why would I drop seventy bucks to play it three days early? I can wait. I'll be fine. But and this might just be a like me problem or a content creator problem where it's yeah. just like I feel like I need to play the game early. So because that's part of the job is to you know, play games when they come out. You know what it is though. But if imagine if you're like the world's biggest Call of Duty fan, right? And the game's mm-hmm. coming out. They do like a week early, right? Or something. They give you quite uh, a bit of early it, access. Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact amount, but yeah. They always do something. And you have to buy the super loot crate edition. Super deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get in super early. And I could see myself going for that if I was like a hardcore fan of a specific franchise. Like I, I would probably do it for Battlefield. If I wasn't a content creator and I was still like the big Battlefield fanboy. They, they fan did boy. do it for Battlefield. Yeah. But I'm saying yeah. if I would probably still do it as a gamer outside of the content creator okay. sphere. I, I see you. But just, so just for like within... one franchise. But that's the thing is this franchises only need that core player base for each franchise. And then they it makes sense to do the early access. You get to be a beta tester. <laughs> so just this month. Or around like a month, it's Payday 3, Lies of P, Mortal Kombat, Starfield have all had early, early yeah, access. Yeah, the Starfield one was not cheap either, man. No, it was like 110, right? Say? Yeah. Or was it, that, no, maybe that was Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was 110. I think Starfield <laughs> was at least 100. It might have been more. Yeah, it was I can't close remember. to that. Yeah. And so it's, unless it's you're, becoming very pervasive. Yeah, unless you're buying the iWatch edition or whatever the heck they came out with, uh, you're not getting anything for it. Like they give you some you sort do of get you do get expansions for some of them. Oh, um, did you get an expansion with the like Uber edition or something? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you're getting nothing, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Some some of them it'll be like ten dollars extra. So like Liza P was ten dollars more, and you get a couple cosmetic items. So there are other reasons. So they're they're at least not like super blatant about it. But I feel like the vast majority of people that are spending that kind of money aren't doing it for the expansion. That's just an added bonus. They just want to play it now. Yeah. I'm I'm more accepting of like having a full DLC included in the price that might otherwise cost 15, 20 bucks later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like you save money by buying it early. 
then later i'm fine i'm more okay with that but when it when they're like here's the cool uh, underworld skin or the the Nicki minaj skin for call of duty if you oh, buy that's at least worth that's at least worth 30 dollars I mean, okay. come on now bad Come example on bad example yeah. i would definitely pay for the nikki skin but you know when it's just junky mm -hmm. cosmetic stuff and you're like i really just want to buy this for early access and you're justifying it with like a skin that you cranked out in a week or something or or some guy bob in the back room you're like bob go make the Nicki minaj skin he's like oh, all right fine <laughs> that's how it works God i've been in a game bob, studio matt i know how these things work like clearly it's like office space the dude with the stapler in the back you know they're like <laughs> they give him the Nicki minaj skin like make this yeah. like okay so it's not going to go anywhere it's just a trend that i it's probably because i'm just a content creator woe is me but it is <sighs> annoying it is annoying yeah yeah i i don't know I, it's just it's just the way the industry is going now everything's hyper monetized everything's overly it's you pay a set fee you pay for early access and then there's microtransactions on top of it and yeah that's the world we live in but you know what there are diamonds out there there's there's cool indie developers that are like we're not gonna do all this bs and you pay 15 dollars and you get to play a great game and there's some of those out there but you really do need a small team of people that are more interested in making a good game versus uh, draining every penny out of your bank account, you know? Like, for example, Baldur's Gate, it's been a month. It still has a peak 24 hours of 340,000 concurrent that players on insane, Steam. That is insane, dude. Insane. No, mo no microtransactions, no... Like, technically, they had the early access because it was, like, an actual early access, you know? Yeah. Um, but it didn't cost any more than... There wasn't, like... It's, it's just a great game. It sold incredibly well almost 340,000 that's that's unbelievable it's a single player game that's wild that must be a i mean that must be out oh, nintendo doesn't give the data on their like zelda games but it's got to be no. up there with like some of nintendo's biggest single player I would titles imagine right so, yeah it's got to be yeah, huge for sure. do you think um starfield's gonna drop off faster than Baldur's gate mm, yes i do yeah yeah are you burned out on that yeah, yeah i've run my course as well i i enjoy it. it's kind of like what happened with skyrim <laughs> back in the day <laughs> many moons ago with skyrim i put 60 hours in loved it and then i hit a wall because it the game just sort of i don't know I, I, the you're the not discovering kind of, anything new yeah like yeah, there was some things that i was discovering but you start to you start to see the repeatedness of it and you're like okay i've seen this done that i'm done and then i just mm -hmm. never went back yeah, and that's kind of how I feel with Starfield. I also think that their whole New Game Plus system is annoying. It's very and tedious. Yeah, and you're the fact like, that you lose all everything, the same missions again, you're like, okay. Yeah, the fact that you lose all of your ships, all of your weapons, you do keep... You get a spacesuit. <laughs> Whoo! Yeah. Uh, you do. And you do keep your perks and things like that, which yeah. is nice. It's not like a completely... but it really means that all the investment you put into your original playthrough is completely gone. So if you wanted to just start completely fresh, but with more perks, then you got that. But it's annoying. Yeah, it's very annoying. So I, 
I immediately, after I beat the game, I went back to an old save because I was like, I want to. So did I. I want to play yeah, with my the stuff that I got and my spaceship. 100%. Where'd my cool spaceship go? I need my spaceship yeah. back. You know, I. It just felt like throwing away all of that buildup towards something, and. Mm. Yeah, it seems like even, and I won't give away any spoilers, but narratively, they could have easily tied it into you keeping some stuff, right? Like, right. They could have easily. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Easily. It's I mean, a video let's be game. honest, they it's could not do like that narrative anything. was based in hard science. It was about yeah. as wishy washy as you could game. get. Yeah. They could do whatever they want. Gandalf when I could have shown up game and made a magical portal and I would have just been like, whatever, you know, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I still think Starfield's a great game, but I have fallen off a bit. I I mean, Starfield is still 24 hour peak of 200,000 on Steam. Yeah, <clears throat> so still doing really well. It's cool. Now, I mean, yeah, if you like space games, you've probably played it or are going to play it when it's at yeah. a more reasonable price or on some sort of free pass type thing. Are you going to be playing Payday 3 today on your stream? Yes, that is the plan. I have it downloaded. I I'm ready to go. Are you excited? I'm ready to rob some people. Yeah. Of their hard earned money. Yeah. I find myself as I get older sort of feeling bad that we're just killing these like <laughs> minimum low income security guards at banks. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, there's so many, it's like waves and waves. It's, it's, oh, the yeah. thing about Payday is that it is a, it is a zombie wave shooter disguised as a heist game where it's just hordes and hordes of people, yeah. you know, throwing themselves at you. I was obviously not I was zombies, playing but, with a crew today and my comment was basically... How much are they paying these security teams? Because the last enough. 10 dudes that came through the front door just got gunned down. And the 11th guy is like, I'm here. You know, he's like ready yeah. to go. Yeah, if I saw that, I'd be like, I'm not going in there. What do yeah. you mean? What are their life insurance plans? Yeah. My God. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you finish a mission and it says like kills like 270. I'm like, did they send a small army after us? Like... <laughs> yes as it's a matter so of fact many they people. did they did and then we're in there to rob some stuff and those poor like minimum minimum wage security guard guys are just like walking around they're like hey you you don't you shouldn't be here and then you just what like are you doing? what are you doing in the head and you're like oh mm -hmm. and then you get away and you're like all that for a hundred and eighty thousand dollars <laughs> Yep. After you get out, because you, of course you botched the uh, the extraction, you know, you're like, oh crap, we set off the alarm, everybody's now you're Now you're the most wanted man in the history of history. Yeah, yeah you got to escape. It? Yeah, you got to escape. You've killed almost 300 people and you get away with 180 grand. And uh, of course, in, an, in a helicopter, I'm like, that helicopter is worth a million <laughs> in itself. itself costs, <laughs> it's so expensive. Helicopters are incredibly expensive very to, to expensive. man fuel and everything. Yeah. yeah. That always cracked cheap. me up. That always cracked me up in Battlefield Hardline is you would like take these helicopters in with the miniguns on the side to like uh -huh. to extract like 40 grand from a vault or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this chopper's gotta be worth like 10, 10 million just the, at least. Just the minigun on the side, like yeah. the ammo. <laughs> just the, the ammo alone, right? If you like, can afford this chopper, you don't need to rob a bank, guys. I know. Come on. I know. <laughs> you own islands for Christ's sake. Yeah. 
Uh, but those games always crack me. They they just don't know how else to do it. They're like, well, it gets boring if only there's only like a yeah. SWAT team, like a single yeah. SWAT team. It's like twelve guys go through them. You're you're done. It would be cool if it was more folk. I I, don't, I haven't played Payday Three, um, but I think it'd be cool if there was more of a focus or a different style of payday style uh, a heist game where it was more uh, about the stealth and about numerous ways yeah. of it getting is, into it the it is vault. actually that the thing okay, is good. is you just screw up Once. most of the time yeah and then it just turns into the police right. wave assault thing which is really yeah. not that fun but I think uh, what I was pretty much just describing is a hitman game but with bank heists yeah and co-op and it's yeah. co-op it is cool you yeah. can do all that stuff in it so you'll you'll play today you'll you'll see that like you can get security codes and then like tell them to your teammates or like you'll be in the lobby and they'll be in the back room they'll be on a computer and they'll be like it says the vault code is uh the employee of the month like uh, employee number or something like that and then you'll be in the you lobby go and find you'll, it. you'll find the employee of the month poster and you'll see that's cool the, yeah so like you're kind of communicating and then like certain people can go into mask on mode, which once you're in mask on, you can't go into you mask can't off. You can't take it off. I didn't like that. There's weird stuff yeah. like that where you're just like, I've got my mask on and it's glued to my face. And now. it's on forever. So then you're the guy who's like taking out security guards and hiding the bodies, but you can't silently then yeah. go back into the public. So then you're. So does each, does each mission. Cause I played the beta and I did play Payday 2 in the past, but not a ton of it. Mm -hmm. Does each mission have multiple ways of getting into the vault other than just stealth and, you know, loud? I don't. So there's always multiple ways to get into buildings and environments. Uh-huh. In terms of, uh, there's probably different ways to sort of complete a mission in terms of the order of operation in which rooms you lock down first and stuff. But I do think there are certain objectives that there's more or less only one way to get to, but the lead up to get to that objective could be very different, if okay, that cool. makes sense. Yeah, no, so it does. Like, it does. If you need to open some sort of super secure vault where you need to like take two hostages that are both the security people and like have them turn their keys at the same time, okay, that's the only way to open that vault is to get those two people to do that. But the process to get those two to people. Get there. Is could be like 10 different ways or something. So it does seem like you. they have a lot of variety. And then on top of that, you have a really insanely, I don't want to say deep, but expansive perk system. So oh. you can like cultivate your character to be like the stealth character that like has all the good hacking abilities and uh, doesn't get spotted by security cameras as easy and that kind of stuff. So cool. I haven't even been able to get into that yet because it's a fairly lengthy rank up process and you're not even going to get access to most of that stuff till you're probably 20 hours into the game or something. Cool. So yeah, that part of it looks cool. I think people are going to like it a lot, especially with given how many fans there are of Payday 2. This seems like pretty much a straight upgrade in just about every way. Although I'm, I don't think it's Unreal Engine 5. The dev said it was going to be Unreal Engine 5 and I think it's UE4. It doesn't look Unreal 5, but... Yeah, I think they're planning an upgrade maybe later in the year. I'm not 100% sure on when that's going to happen. It's kind of strange to just, you know, release the game and be like, all right, we got a new engine, here it is. But cool. It might not be that hard for them to upgrade to it. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows, man? So you've been following um, 
I think it's been repopularized by uh, something Shroud said on his stream, which then got retweeted. Yeah. Yes. You they, know what I'm talking about? The, that Call of Duty is being pushed away from mouse and keyboard, and it's just not fun to play in lobbies on mouse and keyboard because you're, there's just so many things going against you. That is that what you're referring to? Yeah. And this isn't like necessarily a a new topic. But no, it's one of those. It's popular now because Shroud said a thing and then it yes. got retweeted. Yeah, but of course. He, he is right. And he's echoing basically what a lot of people have been saying since the early days of uh, not even the latest COD game, but the last COD game and the and the ones before that, especially it's been an issue I've had with Call of Duty for years, like ever since it was cross decade. play. It's well, been not really, even cross play, even, really bad. even before that, too. It's just been pronounced with cross play, yes. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Because you watch console people play and you're like, you can't even see your target because there's so much junk going on. And then their little uh, iron sight snaps to the target. They can use iron sights for one because you don't need. Because you don't necessarily. Yeah, the, the, aim assist, the aim assist helps out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't have to take a, a red dot as one of your weapon upgrades, right? Your, your pick five or whatever, whatever your weapon upgrade system is. And so. The lack, it, COD is really hitting a point where the parity between the PC and the console experience is really unenjoyable, I would say. And it's definitely f designed as like a console first experience, which makes sense if you know your audience, most of them are on console, but you have a PC crowd that wants a more refined gunplay experience and one that takes into account all the little nuances of PC combat, which is... Lots of visual recoil and muzzle flash and smoke and debris on screen makes it really hard to track targets. If that's your game design, then everybody should be subjected to the the detriments that come with it. But console players aren't. So you have all this crazy aim snap that just shoots through stuff. And then, yeah, it's not well, it's, it's not even just the visuals yeah. of it. It's like aim punch. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I've hated aim punch for the longest time because it always it always hurts the person who maybe didn't see the engagement like they, they started the engagement late right so not only if you are getting shot at first are you at a huge disadvantage but then on top of that you're you're now aim punching like crazy so you just miss all your shots as well and so you put that in tandem with the visual recoil the clutter and all of that in combination and then you're going against someone who has that little bit of aim assist so that even if they aim punch it snaps right back down mm -hmm. it's, it gets very frustrating you're like how are you hitting all of your shots when i'm no, like, I'm just yeah, not. It, like, it how gives are you, you the doing feeling this? When you've, when you've played enough PC games where you can tell when you like actually go up against a hacker who's got like aim snap effect, you're like, oh, that's uh -huh. what it feels like to go up against a hacker. And then you play Call of Duty and you're like, oh, it's almost the same type of mechanics where it just kind of locks you on to a degree. And you're like, oh, I just got hit with 20 rounds out of that 30 round mag. That's pretty wild. Ah. I don't know if we should be compared to exactly to hacking, but no, it, but it, it is it's a similar experience of yeah. just feeling that lock on, like they're not missing shots oddly in a very difficult situation where you're like, I'd be expecting them to miss a lot more, you know? And it's not that I think that I think it's fine that uh, console has aim assist. I think it's yeah. part of a part of FPS on console. Cause like if you didn't have it, It'd probably be very frustrating for the average player because they don't play games all day long where they don't need aim assist. So I think it's fine. It also puts it more in line with mouse and keyboard because of the precision of just using a, a mouse. But 
I really would like them to remove all those other things that feel like remove the accuracy and just the the enjoyment of playing an FPS game. The like you said, the visuals and aim punch and all of that. If they got rid of all of that or at least minimized it, I think it would be much more in line and it would be way less frustrating, at least personally. Yeah. I 100% agree with you on all of that stuff. And I've complained about all that stuff in games that wasn't COD before, like Battlefield games that have way too much visual clutter and things going on and visibility issues. And there's been long ongoing fights between players and developers, and eventually the art team will scale stuff back. It feels like a battle between gamers and the art department mostly because the they art want it, they want it to look realistic and gritty and yeah. you feel like you're there and I, that's that's important it is yeah but it might even be the, the marketing time, department that's like we need this trailer to look awesome so I need oh, more God, screen yeah. shake and I need more lens <laughs> flare <laughs> and <laughs> more <laughs> motion blur and more and you're just like yeah but this sucks as a gamer and yeah. they they did bring up Halo. Uh, Shroud brought up Halo when he was talking about uh, this comparison saying that Halo is a much better game and what's interesting about Halo is Halo actually it's so weird to think about it but they do compensate PC players with a certain level of auto aim on PC as they well do. yep and because uh, they were getting they were getting dumpstered they just like yeah they just, yeah literally mm-hmm. like actually literally yep and as much as I'm not a huge fan of that being the solution to counter auto-aim on console, I think it is better than just letting PC players get dunked on, right? So either you... My ideal solution would be fix all the visual crazy clutter and then tone down auto-aim to the point where it's more in line where your skill level on console matches more up with the skill level on PC and you're having more equal fights as opposed to... And there's uh, never gonna there's never gonna be a perfect balance, honestly. I don't think not. they're ever gonna get there because it's 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 an aim assist, you know. It's it's there's always going to be that discussion how what's too what's too much, what's too little. I yeah. do think it needs to be in, in games. I'm not saying it needs to be removed entirely, but yeah, I, I do agree that something should be done. And I'm hoping that the new Call of Duty, as excited as I am for Modern Warfare 2 remastered, essentially. What The names are going to be so insane. Can you yeah. imagine 10 years from now? What is it going to be like? Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 remastered second edition limited remake i don't know like i don't know what they can do you're not wrong i mean if we're already at modern warfare 3 now if they go down this route like in 10 years are we gonna be modern warfare 1 again like what yeah what is this it's also the like it's the disney effect of them not knowing what to do creatively so they're just remaking everything now yeah and you're just like this time it's live action yeah it's just gonna be and i mean there's going to be a lot of leeway there for them to do that because in five, 10 years, all the graphics will be better and we'll all be playing with our haptic feedback controllers and whatever, you know, and they'll be like, well, we're going to be up. plugged into the, the internet straight into our eyeballs. Yeah, man. Have you read Ready Player One? Such a cool oh, book yeah. about what the future is going to be like. Oh, yeah. You're, did you watch the Ready Player One movie? I did. One of my favorite scenes, hands down, one of my favorite scenes is that they were like, there's the big battle at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And there's these kids that are participating because like, everyone in the VR yeah. is participating. 
and there's these kids, they're playing with VR and they're running yes. in the sidewalk yes. with cars driving by. I'm like, they're gonna <laughs> get hit. What are you doing? You know I'm getting old when I'm thinking about the ki- the children. <laughs> well, that was that. I knew you were going to say that because that irks me so much as well. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're making a whole movie about virtual reality and you're shooting all the scenes as if you've never played virtual reality before because they've got like one dude's hanging on like cables in a truck, you know, while and yeah. he's like running in place or some crap. You're yeah. like, well, that looks like a nightmare. And then other people running down the street with goggles on. And you're like, you're going to hit a phone pole. A car yep. is going to hit you. You're going to trip over the curb and die. Like, yep. none of it it's, made any it's sense. Nonsense. Total yeah. nonsense. And like, yeah. at least in the book, they describe like being plugged into like this haptic feedback, whatever, this suspended thing where you're running and doing all your motions. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, I buy that. But they never really explained what the the low grade the 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 cheap what everyone else of does that was. yeah if you're not if you're not like super rich with your crazy vr setup what do you do yeah and i don't know if you've ever tried um do you play vr at all do you have a vr headset no i've never i've never gotten into it yet they um they haven't really figured out the running and walking thing in vr so like oh yeah no if you if you use the little joystick on the controller as you're like d-pad movement type thing and pushing forward makes you go forward it's incredibly nauseating right first person perspective and they've now have to get you have to get your sea legs i don't even know if you can man i i make it like 40 minutes before i'm like ready to puke you know and that's like really trying and then they they added this little vignette thing that like makes a circle around your vision and that actually helps a lot to reduce the nausea nausea when you're moving uh-huh. But also, it looks like you're moving down a tunnel every time well, you that's move. The, it's also, it's kind of ironic. It's like, I want to get immersed, right? So it looks like I'm actually there. But then they close it in. So it's like, why am I even doing VR then if I can't see the periphery? That's the whole, I yeah. would imagine, one of the big reasons why you would want to do VR. But There's a lot of problems and limitations. And every time I put on a headset, I'm like... Why did Zuckerberg just drop billions of dollars into this technology? <laughs> well, I think there's going to be some games that will benefit from it. Because yeah. aren't like car games and Racing things where and you're flying in a... games are, are pretty darn cool in VR. Because your brain is like, oh, yeah, I've been in this situation before. I know that I'm not actually moving, mm-hmm. but everything around me is moving. I can do this. I'm cool. But as soon as you start to move, your brain's like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. This isn't making sense right now. So... And there's, I I forgot what the study is, but there is a certain percentage of the population that is not affected by motion sickness. You're like, okay, well, that's... I definitely am. So I'm a little, that's one thing I'm worried about. I think most people are affected by motion sickness. So you can't design a giant product like this around a subset of the population that maybe will be into the like first person VR titles. Now, what we need is a big, and I think there's, there are some companies that are doing this where you make a, you get like a warehouse and then you have walls and everything in there. And it's also, it could look stupid, but you put the VR headset on and then it maps it to the, the walls that you have in the actual warehouse. So you can actually touch a wall in game and it's, it's right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're actually physically walking around and your character is keeping up with you. That would be I, cool. I, yeah, I'm really, I think there's, 
Don't get me wrong, as much as I'm poo-pooing on the current state of VR, I think there is some really cool stuff in these sort of amusement park type setups and then also augmented reality where you're like, you put on glasses like you're wearing now, but yeah. you, you know, you hold up your little game controller and it looks like an M16 and then you pull the trigger and like it's playing firing sounds into your ear and showing a muzzle flash and you're like, whoa, that's cool. Now I can play like milsim laser tag right instead of right. paintball or airsoft or whatever i can do this cool augmented reality vr game i think there's a huge amount of potential in that and those those little warehouse things sound sound pretty darn cool too it's just a thing that gets really tricky for making a home entertainment stuff because it's all like the one of the most popular most VR... people aren't going to go to a warehouse for yeah cool vr yeah and one of the most popular vr games is beat saber right so yep. like I'm not knocking on Beat Saber, it's cool, but when you think of a thousand dollar headset and then like all the other peripheral technology behind it required to get the cool stuff working, you're like, well, is this really what you buy a thousand dollar headset to do? Play it's Beat Saber? It's why I haven't gotten into it because it feels like most stuff is just tech demos, cool tech demos, but mm -hmm. there's only a couple big like fully fleshed out games and I just don't want to drop a thousand on like the steam version or what's it called the do you know it doesn't matter um yeah the steam the it's not the vive the um it doesn't Voxel? matter i don't know what it is something yeah yeah that one's a grand and then facebook's yeah. coming out with their new quest three or something it, or they did or it's coming out right now but yeah they're they're dumping a lot of money into it i'm just Every time a new one comes out and I see the latest tech, I'm sort of like, this is cool, but also I don't want to do it for very long. <laughs> That's always my takeaway is like, that was neat. I'd be comfortable not putting that on for, for another week or so, you know? You just gotta, you just gotta force it and then you'll be good. It does make me sick, man. And it's, I was talking thing is like, you don't want to feel sick. Like yeah. your body's like, I don't want to get feel sick. Why would I do that again? Exactly. Cause it lasts for a while, lasts for yeah. hours sometimes. And you're like, I just yeah. don't feel good. Like last time I, I got sick from one, I was like, I was out for a couple hours. I had to go like, get all this like protein and stuff to like, just make me feel better. And I was like, I was just like, ah, I just, I'm not, who wants to do that? Right. Who wants to? Yep willingly make you. themselves feel sick i was talking to drewski about this because uh, he plays vtol vr and i want to hop in there and play with okay. him a bit so that game he, seems cool it does look really cool um and he says before we play you should just go into the training the flight sim training thing and just like get into a plane and do like 30 loops and just see how you feel because you need to train your body for this and i was like oh god damn it uh, like i don't uh. want to I don't want to like physically condition myself to play a video game, you know, let's like, and it's not like you're conditioning your muscles, you know, where it's like, oh, you're yeah. just a little sore. It's like, no, I feel, I want to throw up and that's yeah. not a fun. Yeah. You're basically training your brain to understand, to detach itself from the virtual reality, which is sort yeah. of weird that to enjoy the experiences, you have to get to a point where your brain understands the disconnect much better and thus becomes less immersive, right? Because you're yes. like, I'm in a room right now looking at screens on my face, and that's what my brain understands, as opposed to, I'm in a fighter jet, like, doing I'm in a rolls. fantasy world! Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll see, I'll, I'll keep you posted on how that goes, man. I did let do... Me, yeah, let me know. 
I did do a uh, an acrobatics plane flight when I was like a kid where I went up in a biplane and they're doing barrel rolls and loops and stuff and I was like thumbs up the whole way but I uh, know I'm a little older now you notice when you get older <laughs> you yes. start to get oh, dizzier yeah. much quicker <laughs> yeah oh yeah like Sometimes what's that about like, why do I just feel bad <laughs> I moved what? too quickly. Now I yeah, feel what bad. What is happening? What? What? Oh, well, you're 100%. a gym. You're a ex gymnast now. I mean, you must. You must be very much more aware of how certain moves make you feel sick or uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, spend what fifteen years now. But yeah, yeah, you're not doing the pommel horse anymore, man. No, not anymore. No, <laughs> you don't God, have a just, pommel horse off to the side body. of your camera. Uh, no, I got a full gymnasium off of the side over there. Hey. Tons of people here too. Just got great noise canceling technology. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a good stream thing. You know, you can do your handstands and then you could do your pommel horse and your uh <laughs> was that your main thing? Your main That event? was, yeah, yeah. 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 Can you do that? Do do the pommel horse, yeah. <laughs> Is it a German of or German origin? I don't know. I just yeah. thought it was funny to do a pommel horse. It is your like go-to accent sometimes the the German people. See Hans? Yeah, no, it is my that's literally the only accent I have. Yeah. <laughs> CK German, y'all. Yeah. Oh man. You want to hear about um Star Citizen news? Absolutely. I saw your video about how they're adding in persistent hangers. Yeah, man. Which is I'm really still, cool. I'm like flattered that you watch my content still. I'm like, oh, yeah. Man. I would, yeah. I would tune into your streams more if they didn't happen like in the middle of my children's bedtime. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch your content if it didn't suck. <laughs> I, if it was on during the day when I had time to watch, I'd tune into your streams. Well, thank you. Yeah. So continue. Um, you right, right. Star Citizen. They're um, they're finally doing some stuff that's got me like, I mean. Everything about Star Citizen excites me, but this latest, and I should preface this when I say there's an update for Star Citizen, it's really them talking about a thing that they're going to do. Like, there's very little actual stuff that's happening versus mm -hmm. stuff that they're talking about doing in oh, Star so Citizen. Oh, so they haven't actually, it's, okay. No, but well, it is, it's on the roadmap-ish now. So they've sort of been like, this is coming next. This uh -huh. is next up. So it's persistent hangers and persistent entity streaming has been the last major update to the game that happened this year, which allows players, guns, items, spaceships, everything to persist in the universe pretty much indefinitely. Although they have written some code around cleanup code around certain areas of the game so that you're not just living in a giant trash pit whenever you walk out of your, your bedroom Smart. or something. Yeah. Yep. But then the next phase of this is persistent hangers. So basically you'll get a home base hanger that will have varying sizes depending on what size you bought in the game or whatever. And you can put multiple ships in here, multiple storage crates of whatever you want. You can put in armor racks, potentially a hab unit at some point. And this will be the first thing in the game that feels like a player owned house. Like other MMOs, right. you can get housing, right? And then you can upgrade your housing or something. You pay a little money and it turns into the next tier of house. This will sort of be Star Citizen's version of that um, in a way that seems like it's replicating a lot of Starfield's customization with what you could do with 
the outposts that you can build where you can just very naturally place items and objects around that will have some sort of functionality or some sort of meaning. So if you wanted your like all your gear that was set up for FPS missions on one area of your hangar, you could get all your gears and guns and everything up on racks and ready to go. So when you're ready to run a mission, you're just like, all right, load up guys. And then you grab all that stuff, you go. The other cool aspect of this um, cargo update that looks really exciting to me is they're taking the cargo grid of, of ships and Previously, you could just snap cargo containers to these cargo grids for transporting okay. them from point A to point B and then offloading them and selling them or doing whatever you're doing. But now they're allowing the cargo grid to snap virtually any object in the game to it. So you can take a giant torpedo, snap it to your cargo grid if you need to oh. move a torpedo around. You can snap a spaceship to the cargo grid. So these large shipping uh hauling ships rather have big cargo grids on the exterior so you'll be able you to snap ship spaceships to the outside of other spaceships oh well, that's cool yeah it looks quite cool and it kind of solves some of the problems that the game has which is small ships can't jump really long distances so oh, now so you, you use that to transport them. yeah that's cool yeah, it's kind of setting up some really fun logistic ideas and even some Q ship or some piracy opportunities where you think you're about to come across a, a, a lonely cargo vessel and all of a sudden like eight fighters detach Just from starts it. starts detaching to like, what yeah. up, baby? That Dude, that's cool. Right? It sounds pretty dope. Yeah. Well, so that was that's kind of the whole fantasy is is to have your own place. What I am hoping that they eventually get to, and this is something that I wish Starfield also did. I mean, these games are probably never going to get there, but having your ship also be a home where the interior you customize and you've got, you know, this is this ship here is for like kind of all purpose, right? We've got, mm -hmm. we, 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 we want to do like all missions here, but we've got our cargo, we've got different customization on the inside to really make it your own. And then I bring that ship back to our hangar, which is really the main base, our main hub, which we've also fully customized. And we've gotten all the loot from all the other missions that we've been on. And to have your main home and then a home away from home in your ship I think would be incredible, but will they ever be able to finally deliver that vision? We've been saying this for a decade now, so I think keep my they, fingers crossed. I do think they will. I think all the tech that they've recently implemented is basically just like the first step in hopefully only two steps to get there. And Starfield does a really cool job of allowing you to customize your ship and be like this is where the crew hang out and this is my quarters and i put a plushie on the bed and i put up a poster of so and so and they have all of that planned for star citizen and it has been from day one you can even get the plushies and the little ornaments and the deck decor and you can actually yeah. right now you can put them in your spaceship and they will persist oh okay it is not as well set up as starfield in that if you try and put a plushie on the dashboard of your ship it might not stay there it might fall off it might get stuck in some weird corner and explode your ship you know like it's still got <laughs> as, as you know you know the plushie you know yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a hazard yeah yeah there's like there's a there's a very infamous bug from the early days of the game where one of the ships would just randomly explode after a while of flying it hmm. and they found after 
some a tester just found this out randomly that there's like there's like a little um dice or something like that hanging from one of the things and every time it knocked against the frame it would do like a percentage of damage to the ship <laughs> so after a while it would just, Your ship just dies be flying and dice. it just explodes randomly and you're like wow. what just happened you're like well that's, that's fantastic yeah you're like that's what you get for making a sim guys like you're gonna have yeah. a thousand times more bugs than any other game but yeah. so what star citizen needs to do and this is something that i'm hoping we can kind of like hammer home the point to CIG sooner rather than later is create a situation in which the interior layout of your ship persists upon reclaiming or respawning that ship because you're going to lose your ship all the time. That's right. the nature of star citizen is it's either going to be a bug. It's going to be you underestimating your combat skills, you getting jumped by other players uh any number of reasons right you needing to randomly log out at a bad time where you're not back in your ship and you lose it you know like right it's gonna happen it's gonna happen a lot it's part, and they, it's part of the game yeah but to lose all of your interior setup and all this cool customization that you could do kind of kills that sense of home away from home you you right. want people to be able to check out your ship and see all the cool modifications and stuff you've done to it and so they have to create a system which they should have all the tools to do right now they just need to prioritize it and i think there's a bunch of other things that have been priority but i think the hangers and then doing a ship interior that persists even after death would be a big deal because everybody wants the millennium falcon right you want your secret cargo compartment that you installed you want your little 3d chess table you want uh, your cool posters, your modified control panels, or your whatever you did want, to your they ship. They want to feel like it's their own, and it's not just yeah. I want to be able ship. to walk into your ship and be like, oh yeah, this is Matimio's ship, because he likes to have these things over there, and I know that he has all his spacesuits up against the wall on this rack, and whatever. Like, I really thought you were going to go with, uh, yeah, I know this is his ship, because he's got the big anime posters on the side. Yeah, I he has all he has this giant collection of anime body pillows, and uh, life-size dolls? I don't know what's going on in here. It's it's getting weird. I told you that in secret. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, we can edit it out, Matt. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> it's where all your money goes, all your <laughs> content creator money goes. If you just pan your webcam slightly to the left, there's just a giant <laughs> army of like mannequins. Gee, that would be so terrifying. Are you kidding me? Just just a wall of dolls. It'd be interesting Ugh. though. I support it, Matt. I mean, it would be interesting. It'd be weird, but <laughs> oh man. Interesting is a word you could use to describe that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting is a great word, Matt. It lets it you, is. you can, it can either be insulting, it can be, you know, it can be whatever you want it to that be. That was an interesting choice. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm excited for the, the next Star Citizen update is allegedly dropping next week, assuming everything gets fixed. Yes. <sighs> I don't know if it'll well, be ready for adventure I'll keep my, I'll keep my fingers crossed on it, because I, I want it to be good. Yeah. This won't be persistence next week, though. It's just going to be some other stuff. But you know, it, I didn't think so. Yeah, cool. Any, uh, what have you been playing this week? What have I not been playing, level cap? Yeah, uh, what have I been playing? I played Mortal Kombat, which was fun. 
I've never played a Mortal Kombat game before ever. Do you play fighting games? Nope. It was my first one. Uh, how are you at them? Uh, the best. I played through the entire campaign. It took me about seven hours, seven and a half hours. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending was a little rushed, but I was very surprised by how cohesive the story was and how they were able to like weave in all the characters so you could play each character. And like the story was nonsensical. But sure, it's it was, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, but it was interesting and it was well voice acted except for uh megan fox um she's in the game megan fox and is in there interesting she's in the game yeah and as a character and a voice as a character yes and a voice yes she even looks like she's like a demon um <laughs> yeah and her performance was not it's like did the d- director just not or did she just not care did she not have good direction because it's very dry anyways besides the point yeah she's in it Fun story. I had a lot of fun. I played on a medium and didn't have too much problem. I hear when you bump it up to hard, it gets like really hard. So I didn't want to because it was my first time. But overall, I was I was impressed. It was a, it was a really well made game with tons of combos and different ways of approaching combat, which was yeah. overwhelming for my little brain. Dude, those combos are like. 17 steps long sometimes where you're just like yeah. left, up down a b left right and you're just like what is, how many of these things do i, I have had, to memorize i had someone come in and they're like i love watching a new person play the game because you get so excited over just like a single move and i would be i'd, be, I'd do like a, a a combo right at least for right. me and that it'd be like this really crazy flamboyant thing and then but it would just be one move. <laughs> yeah. And when you actually watch someone play, they're stringing them all together. Yeah. And it's crazy and incredibly complex. And I was, I was only just scratching the surface. Sure. Uh, I don't plan on ever becoming. You're not going to uh, go to the fighting game tournaments and stuff. No, Matt? no, no. I but wish, I wish fighting game esports was bigger. That would like, I know it is a it's thing. It's reasonably I, big. Is it? It's nowhere yeah. near as big as like, like a, no. a major esport though right i don't think so yeah but they do like it's it's usually they think they like come together um like isn't it evo am i thinking that I it's probably know. because i don't live in that space if yeah i, I don't either I, I have no idea what the big fighting games are is it the latest street fighter is it is tekken still a thing is it Mortal I, Kombat? I, couldn't, I, don't know. I couldn't say yeah, yeah i don't know the last time i seriously played fighting games was on a super nintendo so if that gives you any that does give me yeah i mean i guess in fairness i played quite a bit of smash brothers and a little bit of the um yeah i did i played that Uh, technically i guess if you go with caliber i played which would have been like xbox yeah true yeah soul caliber for the jiggle physics of course but of course of course yeah Yeah. you're a man of class (laughs) the other game i played is lies of p which is a dark souls bloodborne clone and it's probably the best clone souls game ever like there's been a lot of companies that have tried to mimic the souls franchise and they've always fallen short Mm -hmm. they just they always just feel off yeah the ones that try to do something different like neo and the star wars games like star star wars jedi uh fallen order like they they do like their own thing and those are really good but purely a clone where it's like we are souls we're just not called it this one is fantastic the the setup behind it is that you're a puppet you play as 
basically Pinocchio, lies of P, Pinocchio. Oh, you're in a it's world. It's not like a Pinocchio. It is Pinocchio. Your dad is is Geppetto. How the heck have, did they get the licensing for this? I don't know. Is it like officially does is it like a Disney game or like No, no. I don't think so. Okay. So, so they just Gemini is Pinocchio is, not a Disney owned IP? Like it is might it like be a, so old that they can't. Or like is it like an old uh, Oh yeah, you lose intellectual property rights at a certain point or something. Yeah. Unless the story of Pinocchio is like originally an old fable that Disney never owned or something. I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't so know the legality of it. Soul, it's a Dark Souls Pinocchio style game. That's wild. Yeah. So your character looks like uh, Timothy Chalamet, or however <laughs> you pronounce his now last name. Straight yeah. up, just looks like him. Yeah. And you are in a world where everyone is basically dead in the city of Cr Cross, I think it's called. And puppets have gone crazy, and they've like killed everyone. And there's like a petrification disease, which is causing people to. Uh, become petrified and then there's something else on top of that i don't want to get into spoilers but basically if you're a human in this city things have gone poorly for it's you it's not good yeah <laughs> and you go around and you fight giant bosses be them human or puppets and it's it's a lot of fun it's very hard uh, i would argue in some cases it can even be harder than the souls franchise but it is it's it's a blast when you finally are able to take out the bosses that sounds awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, and my favorite part is... <laughs> so I think it's a Korean company that made the game in France and then dubbed it into English. And <laughs> there is... There is... So you're, you're a puppet, right? And there's an upgrade system where you need to upgrade your P organ. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> like, you couldn't have picked a, a different term for that like just 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 spell it out like puppet organ instead of p organ yeah so yeah there's been some fun Does there's your been p some organ fun moments get like bigger that. is that part of the uh, upgrade I, <laughs> it gets more powerful thank you very I mean, much considering that it's a pinocchio game and you're upgrading your p organ like i mean i would assume it just gets longer right well that's his nose yeah well is his nose his p organ I, I think it's so the P organ is like your you know what we're getting in the nitty gritty don't worry about it. it's a thing okay it's such bad translation I, I love those games where the translation is like you're just like oh this was not meant for English like yeah whatever whatever this meaning was originally is is lost in our culture and that's okay yeah I miss but it's the, a blast yeah it's it's fantastic I I don't know if it meets the same level as like the Souls franchise, but it's it's really good. And I'm glad I'm glad we finally had a company succeed where so many have failed before trying to make a clone. I, that's exciting. I, I I understand that desire when you love a franchise style so much and you're like, all these other guys keep trying to do it and they just don't get it or they can't replicate it. And then somebody does it and you're like, oh, this is great. Now I have another way to play my favorite franchise because, you know, if you're waiting for FromSoft to make the next game, it's like, okay, well, have fun. Like, it's going to be three years or whatever. So if you got... Yeah, and I have, I have heard some people that they would come into the chat and be like, this is just a Bloodborne clone. I'm like, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And like, does it does it matter? Like, it's just more of that kind of content. In, unless unless you're so caught up on the novelty of it, if if this isn't the first time someone did it, then it, it's completely invalidated. I I don't subscribe to that whole notion where novelty is all that matters in gaming. I yeah. I, I think iteration is fine, and so I'm most yeah. of gaming is iteration. Ninety nine percent of the titles that come out are like. Here's this game, but with a small twist. Yeah. Here's sometimes here's never Dark a twist. Souls, but yeah. in Star Wars, that's Jedi Fallen Order. To you know, they, they, there's more than that, but yeah, it's like this. It's just a different setting. Here's yeah. Battlefield, but in a different setting. Well, it's like I like action RPGs. I'm not, and like if an action RPG iterates too far and becomes not an action rpg i tend to not like it as much right so i'm like oh you changed too much go back to being an action rpg please yeah so i mean there's that element too you don't want it to be to go outside if it's of the not genre. broke why are you trying to fix it right yeah yeah why are we why are we trying to reinvent the wheel the wheel works i think let it, let it, let it roll i think i think man the the devil is in the details with those types of games because we've seen so many devs try and like clone the battlefield franchise over the years and just kind of miss that secret sauce whether it's the pacing the gunplay the graphics the the accessibility whatever there's something there that just doesn't quite up and hit that like secret sauce that somehow dice stumble upon stumbled upon many years ago mm-hmm. and you you try and play these other games these clones and you're just like it's just not quite there doesn't hit, hit doesn't hit the same yeah and i'm sure i'm sure as not being a big dark souls fan or those type of game games i'm sure the nuance is like pretty much everything in them yeah like the timing and whatever right yeah it's got to be it has to be fluid to play like it has to feel yeah i i agree there is there is something about it and it, it it's hard to hit but when you hit it it works yeah so are you um any any shows or books updates i've been watching wheel week? of time season two which has been more enjoyable than season one okay i didn't like season one very much so that's good to hear I also didn't really like season one, but season two for me personally, I don't know if I'm just in a different mindset, but I've, I've enjoyed the pacing. I've enjoyed the characters. The writing seems to be better. I've yeah. Yeah. It seems like they had a great foundation to work with and they mostly screwed it up on the show side. You know, the material seemed solid and the show was just like the execution was really weird and campy at times. And you're like, I don't, I don't like any of the characters or like the things they say and do feel weird and everything's delivered. If you're just a little interested, you could try out season, like the first episode and it, it's the vibe. Definitely they're retconning stuff that they did in season one, because I think they realized that what they were doing was just insane. And so there's even things, I think they recognized that things were not going very well in season one. So they had a course correct in season two yeah okay interesting i (laughs) i got annoyed while watching it because i had just been watching like maybe the witcher or some other big fantasy show that somebody was pushing out because netflix Uh dropped a bunch and they had that other the bone something skull and bone oh yeah skull and bones yeah is that it okay yeah and and then I came over to the Wheel of Time and I was like, man, none of the main characters are like that attractive. It's bugging me. <laughs> you just, 
Because <laughs> you're watching The Witcher and you're like, my God, look at these Adonises. And then like... <laughs> you're the problem level, Cam. No, Not everyone needs to be high. I realized that, but then I realized that the moment I thought it and I was like, well, I can't change my feelings now. Like, yeah. I'm enjoying the show less because they, like, decided to cast normal-looking people. And I'm like, I don't want to look at normies. I want to look Jesus. at beautiful people. I want to be high. Yeah, Henry have you ever Gavel, walked down the you? fantasy aisle in a bookstore? Like, do what they do on the covers of those books. Like, loosely clad, super hot people. And then this show's like, what if we cast... people who didn't just look amazing You mean, like, normal people? Yeah, and I was like, ugh. Who cares about these people? Ugh. These are our heroes? Gross. I don't think- I don't even think they're like unattractive though. They're I not. They're, most, they're, they're like handsome young men and women, like- That's it. That's it though. You're saying handsome, right? They're- they're, they're semi-attractive. They're- they're fine. It's not enough for me, Matt. Okay? Apparently. Not enough. Level I'll check out- high, high I will standards. check out season two eventually. Yeah. Yeah, give it a try. It's, my list I, of I, I'm things to watch it. is quite long now, and I'm like, I'm I'm behind on Ahsoka, man. And people have been telling me stuff. I'm like, all right, shut up. I need to I need to catch up on Ahsoka. I hear it's good. Yeah, I know. It's uh, that's what I've been hearing too. And now I'm like, don't get excited. You don't want to be hurt again. Like, you know, it's like a Star, Star Wars, Wars is an abusive so relationship. Yeah, it's full uh -huh. on abusive relationship for me at this point. Sunken cast fan over here. Um, I You'll watched the new watch Ninja Turtles movie. I heard good things. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it with my son because I'm like always trying to like find slightly more mature films for him to watch. And so it's always like, could he watch this? I hadn't seen it before. It was rated PG. Maybe oh, on I'm the sure edge. Oh, was it on the edge? Okay. On the edge. I don't know. Like, I mean, they, they are cutting people up with samurai swords, but they don't really show it. So you're just like, I guess they fell it's over. It's PG and they're just cutting people up and twine? Yeah, but they don't show the blood, I guess, or something. Oh, so that's fine. Yeah, just chop them in half. <laughs> PG, there's, baby. I mean, there's a lot of like, oh, we knocked all the people out. But then at a certain point, you're like, they're not knocking people out with the blades, man. That's yeah. like, yeah. Those people are dying. Yeah, you take a katana to the throat, you're not getting up. Like, yeah. he's not asleep on the ground. Uh, but it was good. I like the, um, they kind of took a page out of this new Spider-Man movie uh, animation style. Mm. So it's 3D, but also with some 2, 2D animation overlaid techniques and okay. it looks really good i like I'm, I'm a huge fan of what the spider-verse movies have been doing and ninja turtles kind of followed in this similar footstep it's nowhere it's not as good as the spider-verse film so if you're gonna watch one then go with the spider-verse Spider first yeah because yeah, spider-man is just it's more adult so the 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 story behind it is a little more interesting where ninja turtles is like there's Ninja toxic turtles. sludge and it turned turtles into ninjas and you're like, well, okay, I, heard well, it, like I, I heard it's actually voice acted by children too, isn't it? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Cause I think, I think I saw a clip though. where Seth Rogen, I think is, was the director of it. And yeah, I, could I be think he was executive producer. Of, okay. And he just had them, um, just talk. They're like, okay, where's just, just go for it. And some of the scenes were them just ad-libbing and, and, and um, God, what's the word when they come up with stuff on improv. the spot? Improv, yeah. Improv. They were improv -ing. And so there's a scene where they just started like 
talking about pizza or something and they mm-hmm. and they just go back and forth and that was all improv by the kids and that's why it sounds weird is not maybe not weird but that's what kids apparently it sounds just more sound authentic like. it definitely yeah. sounds more authentic and right. there was there it was funny in that way where i'm watching and like my six-year-old starts laughing at what they're saying because they're making kid jokes you know and i'm yeah. like oh that's great that he's enjoying it um and i think they did a good job with making it watchable for adults too okay. i think that's always like a fun thing where when Pixar gets it right or one of these studios gets it right. It's hard like, to do. It's, yeah, it's really hard to do to make something very watchable for an adult and a kid, but I think Ninja Turtles uh, rides that line really well. And Nice. Yeah, I've, I've heard cool. good things. Yeah, it didn't feel like just... I mean, obviously, rebooting Ninja Turtles is... You know, it's a big studio cash grab, essentially, but the fact that they did a good job with it and I'm like, yeah, I'd be down to see more of these, you know? Yeah. So that was good. Nice. And then I'm just catching up on Ted Lasso and... Yeah, and finish it? I'm working through season three. Also, do you, have you watched any of Wrexham, the Hulu show? No, I don't have Hulu. Oh, okay. It's, um... Wrexham is like... <laughs> I don't even know how to g- describe it. It's, it's, it's a reality show or it's a document documentation of ryan reynolds and rob McElhenney, who's one of the actors on it's always sunny in philadelphia oh yes yeah yeah i heard of that mm-hmm. okay they bought a, a british football club and basically because as you do as one does yeah. when you live in los angeles you go and you're hmm. uber rich now yeah uh, yeah, I think Brian Reynolds is worth billions. Like oh, he's, he's unbelievably wealthy now. Yeah, that whole Mint Mobile stuff—they then sold it off for like a billion dollars. Yeah, and he, I think he owned like thirty percent. It's like <laughs> Jesus, Ryan. Yeah, he's got his, and he's got all this other other stuff. He's got a gin company or whatever, yeah. you know. Like he's marketed himself incredibly well. Yeah. He's doing fine. So they're playing around and they decided to buy a football club because wouldn't that be fun? Uh-huh. And it's incredibly good. The Really? So good. Like, I'm not even a big soccer fan or, sorry, football if you're European. Um, <laughs> or I like how you did that the most condescending is uh, f- football. <laughs> uh, I like to get them riled up because obviously we... <laughs> We coined soccer for some stupid reason. <laughs> God damn it. But uh, I say European, even though they play football. Everywhere in like the everywhere. world. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just us in the United States. Yeah. Does South America have soccer? I don't think so. Uh, no, I'm anyway. pretty sure it's, it's football. Yeah. <laughs> Old football. Anyway, Wrexham is fantastic. It's, it's just, it's really I really should get, I should get Hulu. Well, there's a lot of, sh- there's a uh, lot of shows the on Disney, it. Disney, Disney Plus Hulu thing or whatever. Is yeah, that's probably what I need to do. The thing that we do. Um, Disney surprisingly got a decent amount on it, but helps if you have kids also. You get a lot yes. more mileage out of it. Yeah, I could imagine. There's only so many times you can watch the Avengers before you're like, all right. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of fell off the whole superhero train for a while now, ever since Endgame. Well, you and every other superhero fan, right? They've been trying to reboot the magic and And they can't. Yeah, I don't know. The latest Batman movie looked okay. How how do you go bigger than 
the half the universe snapping out of existence. Oh, multiverse, <laughs> all of the universes. That's yeah. that's where we're going with it. It's like okay, maybe I'll we could maybe we could bring Spider-Man it down. Spider Man movies are the best thing that's come out since the Avenger storyline wrapped up. Uh-huh. Those are those have been solid. And I like some of the Doctor Strange stuff that they did, but the the Spider Man movies are they're good. You should definitely watch them. I should. I, I really should. They're worth they're worth watching. They're they're heartfelt. They're super interesting. Good writing. All that stuff. But cool. uh, yeah, any what's your plans for this week? Or yeah, since we're recording on Monday. Um. God, what do I do? I future. Yeah, plans? I know. We're in a very reactive environment where we're yeah. just like, this game's coming out. Play this game. So I do actually. Um, I'm gonna be playing. On my Twitch channel, <laughs> a little self plug there. Uh, I'm going to be playing the uh, Payday Three because it's coming out, so I'll be focusing on that. Then on the 20th, I think Witchfire, the new FPS. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Witchfire is releasing. It's sort of like a. I don't know how to describe it. It's an FPS medieval f- magic game. Just roll with it. On the 21st is Cyberpunk 2.0 update 20. 20- Six? Oh yeah, is the, the DLC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 26 is the DLC, but there's an update on the 21st. 21st is the update. And that's yes. going to like reboot all the character progression stuff. Yeah. Yep. Do you have to basically start the game over to play the DLC stuff? So, I believe you know, you can take an existing character and just play the dlc i think there's also going to be a skip where if you just want to play it'll like level you up and then yeah so you don't have to but i think a lot of people are going to do that and because just to do the new character progression the whole way through and test it out that's cool Mm -hmm. that's my plan currently yeah uh, i'm kind of excited about seeing the new the phantom liberty trailer with idris elbow was like insane it was really good i (laughs) I don't. I haven't seen a game that looks that good. It looks insane. You're just well. Like, it was CGI. Yeah, but well, I mean, like, yeah. Do they have a mode where they just up the graphics for the cutscenes, right? Because the games don't play a pre-rendered cutscene usually. It's like we're gonna bump the visuals and then just lock the camera in so that you don't notice that it's playing at 30 FPS as much or something like that. You know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not sure. The the game does look fantastic now, though. There was someone who uploaded a clip where they modded VR and mm-hmm. they were like looking around and it had ray tracing. I was like, dude, this is insane. Like yeah. if <laughs> with ray tracing on and they look up and it just looks like they're in this. They look like they're in a city. Yeah. Of literally a cyberpunk futuristic city. And my the wheels started turning on how it would be incredible just to immerse yourself in a vr like that and then have other people interacting if it could be multiplayer Mm -hmm. just yeah so i know there's some things that are getting like insanely close to like what you've always imagined games being and you're just like whoa i didn't expect us to get here that quickly but and here we are yeah that's cool what do you use to figure out what you're playing during the week do you have like a calendar or something or you just oh i've got steve steve yeah. Oh, he's busy. He's busy right now uh, making my dinner. Um, Steve's my bu- <laughs> Well, I always wonder because I, I feel like everybody has their own process and like nobody does the same thing. And 
in so terms of I'm like researching. Always on the internet, so I just I'm constantly learning of new games, what's coming out, and I don't really I don't have a plan. I I don't have like some crazy machinations of you know I don't have a, ch- a flow chart of all the games that are releasing. <laughs> I just like oh what's fun or what what's came out this week? Well, I'll try that out. Yeah. Well, I'm just impressed because I asked you what you're playing this week and you actually had like a more or less play by play of it. I'm like, okay, like I'm wasn't sure how much of you're just like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I guess I'll play this today. Or if it's like laid out in advance, it's not laid out in advance. And especially the reason why I had an answer for you is there's so many games releasing that I kind of needed to have a plan. Yeah. Dude, this ended this ended 2023, and this is very inside baseball here, but from the content creator perspective, it really has been like a struggle on scheduling because I'm like, well, I play this game this day, and that'll give me enough time to make the content I need to make on that game, and then I got to play this game that day, and then this game on that day, and I don't remember a lot of prior years where I had to do that level of scheduling, like... Every now and then two titles would come out near each other and you'd have to do a bunch of stuff. But it's been like months of juggling stuff at this point. Yeah, I'm loving it. I I prefer this over like, I guess I'll play some Battlefield tonight. And OK, today I'll play some. I have no idea. Yeah, I yeah. now that I've moved to variety and I love variety. If I don't have variety, I just don't know. What to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I guess we'll just go back and play something that we played before. Yeah. There's always Battlefield. There's always Battlefield. That new map coming out whenever. I don't even know when it's coming out. <laughs> the hype for Battle of 2042 has really died a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's too much cool stuff coming out. And they're like, we're still here. I've seen like in the last week, I've seen like four articles pop up on like random news sites that I'll have some title that's about how 2042 like has reinvented itself. And I'm like, this is all kind of oddly coincidental. And I'm like, it's e- did EA put out like a marketing campaign or like, well, I, I think it's because they maybe caught on now that the game is actually in a decent spot. Yeah. And, and they're just realizing it. And there was a bump in player, a slight bump in player base. It's, it's, it's starting to go down. Yeah. Um, I think it's because players are starting to realize like, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of updates coming out. This is, this is the end of it. So yeah. And player perception does matter. Yeah. We'll have to link up for whenever the new map drops and get some rounds. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Cool. Well, you want to wrap things up there? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Don't forget. We do have a Patreon. If you would like to help support our podcast and, Buy Matimio some more full-size anime body pillows for his growing collection. They're not cheap. They're not, especially the nice additions. Exactly. And if you want to watch Matimio stream live, you can find him in the video description. If you want to watch my YouTube content, you can also find that in the video description. Thank you guys for your support. Again, we uh, upload the podcast on Wednesdays. And if you're a Patreon member... You can watch us live stream on Mondays and ask us questions and even do a Q&A after the show, which is especially exciting when we have guests because they're new and interesting people. Yep. Yep. Any uh, yep, closing yep. words, Matt? I love you. All right. Love you too. Bye, guys. Bye.